to say this, like I really mean this, but like this conversation, the three of you guys, I've deeply enjoyed, and just being able to know that I get to when I speak to you guys, I get to go home in a sense. I get to go home with you guys, and how I, I trust you guys fully. Um, I trust you guys completely. It's. Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. And what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the program. It is episode two of the Breath of Fresh Life podcast. I almost forgot the name of it. Um, so, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, uh, Garrett Hayden. I'd like to welcome in uh, Brenna Keith and Andrew Lydon. How are you guys doing? Not too shabby. <laughs> um, so, as you guys may have noticed... Um, we kind of went on a hiatus last week, um, as you know, there are a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things going on in the world, and I think, um, just for for me personally, I think that it felt, it didn't feel appropriate for the three of us to necessarily promote ourselves uh, last week, just with um, all the things going on. So, um, you know, I think that with the events going on last week, there definitely are some very important conversations that I think need to happen. Um, we just, I don't think are in a position we're ready to, you know, have this conversation, but by no means is this us being like, Oh, we're not going to talk about it. Cause we are going to, um, and it probably is going to be uncomfortable and it's probably going to be difficult, but that's kind of the point. Um, and that's kind of the point of, you know, having these conversations at this, you know, where, where we are, where, where we are right now. Um, so that's kind of all, all I'm going to say about that. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that. Um, no, I think, I think my only thought is that I'm, I'm glad that we, you know, instead of having that, having our second episode just met together and talked just us, right. you know, processing it together, I thought was really something that I needed, like a different perspective and. You know, it, it was a personal thing, and we're we're learning and growing, and I'm I'm glad that we took the time to do that. But um, I'm also really glad that right now people are listening to Black voices, and we should be uplifting our Black brothers and sisters and making sure that their voices are heard because we're white and we will never understand what they've gone through. But we can listen and we can stand with them and we can, you know, defend them every step we get. Out length with the three of you and um, 
conversations with other people and educating ourselves and um, just being better allies and better humans every day and just, again, leaving the world better than we found it and moving forward with open ears and a full heart. Um, last little bit I do want to mention, though, is um, kind of the three of us talked about giving a few resources out to people that want to kind of, you know, learn more or read more or, you know, whatever they want to do. So um, in terms of me, I think a documentary that I watched a few years ago called The 13th is really a uh, is really an outstanding documentary for people to look at um, in terms of how the prison industrial complex kind of uh, disproportionately incarcerates black people. And I think that that's an incredibly powerful documentary, and I watched that a few years ago based on the um, advice of a professor of mine from uh, from college. Um, so I don't know if either of you guys have any kind of uh, resources for, for people to check out. Um, I know one that's a really big one. It's, it's from the New York Times. It's called The 1619 Project. Highly recommend reading that. It's it shakes you to your core, but it's information that you need to know. And there's also a book called So You Want to Talk About Race. And it is a great tool for white people to kind of start that conversation of racism and the systemic issues in our country and, you know, just checking your own privilege. So I think you can't acknowledge anything else until you check your own privilege. Mm-hmm. And I, that book really, really kickstarted it. And I think it's important. Yeah, I have those both noted. I would definitely put myself pretty elementary on the curve of how much I'm aware of some of these resources and things. Um, mm-hmm. Every recommendation that's coming my way, um, starting with that Netflix documentary, working my way through some literature, um, very excited for kind of the hours um, that will kind of go into you know educating myself. Sure. All right. Well, uh, we will now delve into kind of the main topic of our episode today, uh, which is a fun topic that I'm actually kind of really excited to talk about, um, is bucket lists. And, you know, that's obviously, (laughs) you guys all know, you know, what that means is, you know, list of things that you all want to do before you die. And, um, you know, it's a fun thing to talk about and figured that, hey, this would be a a, a fun kind of topic for us to for us to uh, go into. So before we do that, um, you can follow our podcast on Twitter. I think that our handle is Breath Podcast. I'm almost positive. Just gonna double check. Uh, yeah, there you go. Got it. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so we'll get into our list. So, you know, I don't know if we're all going to list everything that we wrote down, um, but I think, you know, we'll just kind of, each of us will go through, talk about it, and we can, you know, ask questions about anything. So um, do either one of you have something that you, like, really want to get out there that you're, you've been burning 
to talk about. I certainly have like the top end of my bucket list for sure. Like some of the ones that immediately come to mind. All right, well, let's get started, Andrew. Let's delve into your mind deeper. I mean, this is this is a very odd one, but like one thing I want to do is have a very positive effect on fifteen thousand individuals. I huh. thought that number is a very good number for me. Okay. Yeah, I I think as well. Yeah, I mean, I think in the age of, you know, social media and all that, you know, I know, Andrew, you're not totally like the biggest social media person, you know, but I think definitely that is doable. I think in in this day and age when you can, you know, reach so many people, you know, if you have people on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you know, any of these social media uh, platforms. Um, so do you twofold yeah reach them personally you know and then you can't negate the effects that you have on others through every presence possible right like even just what I I don't know I think the one thing that I love when I think about that is even the smallest acts of kindness like even smiling at someone Hmm. on the street or like liking a story of someone you literally haven't talked to in like who knows how long like little things like that make your heart happy and that's mm-hmm. reaching out to someone and touching them in a way that I, is not expected you know like i don't expect people to smile at me on the streets here this is, like, it's not something we do in like massachusetts mm-hmm. we, we're not super friendly but when people do it's like oh that was really nice mm-hmm. you know like oh that was sweet i don't know it, it, you know it's genuine when it happens here whereas down south like everyone's nice to everybody but they don't mean it like at least you know it's genuine yeah i definitely i definitely got that feeling like when i was at school and maybe it was just the particular school i went to springfield college that you know people are very friendly and very you know genuine that you would get you know five or six smiles going to class and it was like wow you know i think it's it's something that you don't even really think about but it really kind of you know comforts people and it's like hey you know 
you know, if, or, or if you say hi to someone that you, you don't know. Yeah, I was going to say that also. I'm like sitting here like, damn, that was a really good one. Like, Yeah, now now we're all going to talk about selfish things. I'm glad he went first, though. I am, like, too. Andrew, do you want to do another one? Or Brenna, do you want to go? And maybe we just do one at a time. Yeah, we can do one at a time. All right. Uh, really that that's really neat um so i guess i'll go i'll go with one of my um things that uh i felt like when i went through this list i wanted to have a a mix of like things that i could actually do you know and then things that oh you know if i got the chance to do it you know it'd be amazing but um one of the ones that i wrote down is visiting a um national park outside of the couple that i've been to um just something about, you know, landmarks and it just have always been fascinating to me. So um, my family and I, we've made many trips over the summer uh, to Bar Harbor and Acadia National Park. Um, and it's just, just, you know, and I 
feel like majestic is kind of a, a cliche, but it's just like seeing the, you know, seeing the, seeing the sights you can see, um, just as something that's always been, you know, very, very interesting to me and like kind of the history of our country kind of through national parks and, you know, the, the preservation of these parks, because a lot of these parks have been, you know, on, have been here for, for a very long time. Um, so it's something that I've always been interested in, you know, whether it's, you know, the Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, you know, any of these, I think would be something that I would love to, love to try to, to try, love to try to visit. Do you have one at the top of your list, like a, a number one that you would like just love to go or is it just any? It's kind of just any. I think that the Redwoods is something that's always caught my attention. Um, just, you know, seeing the, the tall trees and just kind of walking in that forest. I mean, then there's the Star Wars part of me that, you know, they, they film part of Star Wars in those, in, in the, in that forest. So it's always been, oh, wow. Like I really want to go see, you know, what it was like maybe when they filmed there. So yeah. Just like boggles my mind how like trees are that yeah. tall. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's nuts. I learned so much about you guys during these things. Like, well, so much. Well, good. I was hoping. All right, Drew, kick it back to you. Well, yours are both in the short term. Like if we had to find, like say we just got a billion dollars, like we could just book those aside from like the Corona. Like if, if all things holding steady, those are both pretty achievable. Um, the next for me, it's, it's actually interesting. The first one, the goal of, of, of kind of getting in front of and helping 15,000 people, uh, very much informs the, the rest of them. So the next one is to open a summer camp for individuals with special needs but multiple camps within the blueprint of Arrowhead and making a sustainable system and being able to have that be a national blueprint. And I think by doing that, um, if I can get a few or three or four going, I should be able to get a national or global model. That would be... I'll take that before I die. <laughs> There's, there's so much behind that too because you've been talking about that for years. Yeah, that's my number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's why I think that's why I'm I'm not even kidding. That's why I believe I'm hmm. I'm going to do that before I die. I, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you set your mind to something, you very seldom are uh, turned off of it. camps like what's nice is like I just said the same thing twice is that other camps have gone through that exact process right like I think like obviously you know it immediately comes to mind but with Kate's job like there's it started with one camp and it created an entire network it's literally a network for these camps globally right and there's like so much behind it and it's like you can use so many resources to get there and that's how you know it's possible Right, because there's such a need for those spaces. 
I really like that, Andrew. That's uh, really, really digging deep. I'm trying to think. I feel like my, my next one is another one that I think is, it's achievable, but it has a deeper backing to it. So one, one thing I've said for a while, and, and I stand by it, is that I've always wanted to, like, move up in the special education world because I'm a special ed teacher like that's what I love that's what I'm passionate about that's what I want to do for my whole life but I'd also like to and this is just a dream is to get my doctorate in you know like special ed and administrative um literally anything and I would love to be the special education director for a district and you know like Finally, I, I feel like, and I guess this is the deeper part to it, is I feel like a lot of schools don't have a special ed director who's been in, in it, you know? Like, I had professors in college and in grad school who, they're great, but they've never taught for more than one year. And it's like, I, I want someone to represent me who's been in my shoes, who knows how hard it can be, who knows the parents that we need to work with, who knows the community, you know? Like, it just feels like that's lacking in a lot of places, and I would love to bring that like care and compassion that I have for students in the classroom. I'd love to carry that over into the administrative side and like really change a district for the better for all students. You know, like I, I would love to see all co-taught or inclusive classrooms in a school. It's just, it's huge. The socialization it does, the world it opens your eyes to is just so massive, and like. I was lucky that I had a couple classes in elementary school that were inclusive, and I met some of the best people who then I also, you know, like, we worked with at camp, and then also I see around town, and it's a familiar face, and, like, there's just all these different things that I wish that was more carried down through from the top to the bottom. And, I, I mean, on top of it, too, I think it's, it's important that there's a prison pipeline system in education, and a lot of that stems in special education when young black boys are put into a special ed class because they're slower when in reality they haven't had the same resources and their teachers didn't pay enough attention and they blamed it, you know, like there's, I mean, that's a whole thing, but I, I would love to actually be able to make solid, real change for the benefit of all students. And I, I know that in order to do it, I need to have a say. And right now I'm just, you know, a teacher who hopefully has a job next year, but who knows? But, you know, like, in 10, 20 years, like, I don't know, like, that would be huge. Do you think getting the doctorate is the seat, like, the doctorate will give you the seat at the table, or do you think that having that position would have given you the seat at the table? I think experience and at least an administrative, like, license would get me that table, but I think actually making change, I would want that extra education because, I mean, I, the most administrating that I do or managing that I do is, you know, working with a paraprofessional um, or, like, my other coworkers. But there's no, like, real systematic managerial anything. I don't, I don't, I don't know it, you know. So I'd love to, like, combine those two things. Because some people just go into administration and that's it, you know. I'd love to be that person that moved up and earned her way and has all the education to back myself up so that no one can write me off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I like that. So I think going off of the kind of
kind of professional goals, um, you know, line or, you know, whatever. Um, one thing that I thought of immediately when I was thinking of my list is to cover slash attend a Stanley Cup final game. So, you know, obviously as a kind of aspiring sports writer, it's always been like a huge dream of mine to be able to um, cover a, you know, some type of, you know, game. But I think, you know, getting a championship level, you know, game would be something that I would be, you know, really interested in doing and something that I don't think is is necessarily far off, but... Um, just being able to experience, you know, uh, you know, hockey is a sport that I love and, you know, that is literally the pinnacle of, you know, the NHL is the Stanley cup final and just kind of the pageantry behind it, you know, history about the trophy and the game. And, you know, something that I've always been, you know, really, really interested in and really trying to, you know, make that as a goal so that, you know, I can, work harder and try to be 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 more motivated you know obviously without sports right now it's 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 difficult but i think it's one of those things that kind of tries to keep keep my professional fire alive that hey i really want to try to do this i really want to try to accomplish it um and i think just you know having that as an idea is something that i'm you know really really passionate about and really hoping that you know that's something i can i can reach one day Yeah, well, just that it's like the, you know, it's been awarded every year since like, you know, 19 something. Um, and now like, yeah. Wait, it's the same one? Well, well, not, not, ex- well, yes, yes, there is. So it's like, I think that I don't, so, so if every team that's won it since whatever, I think that there is like a spot for, I really have to do research on this, but like, you know, majority of the teams are able to like carve their names into the cup, you know, but I don't think it's every team ever. I want to say that maybe it's teams in the last, you know, 80 or whatever years. Um, But just like when I went to the hockey hall of fame and seeing it and like being in its presence, being in its presence was like, Whoa, this is crazy. This has been touched by, you know, so many hockey players and just to be able to be in that, you know, area around that kind of excitement you know something that's always been something that I've always I've always wanted to do and hopefully you know if I continue going the direction that I'm going in that I can be able to do that one day yeah thank you Here's an interesting little thing. So I think you guys know, I'm, I, if, if you don't really know who I am as far as the podcast, you're just listening, I kind of only focus on a very finite amount of things in my life. It's like my very handful of friends, my family, Arrowhead, which is like a thing that I volunteer with, my work, but it's very finite. I'm not someone who's in a lot of places. So to be frank with you guys, my 
bucket list. I mean, aside from having a healthy family and my friends all thriving, loosely ends there. But one thing I did want to share with you guys, because I think it's pretty interesting, is um, a friend of the show, Connor Ward, and me have had conversations about this at length, and it's about what happens when I do kick the bucket, which hopefully isn't a long time from now, and this, that, and the third. But I've made many provisions around my death uh, that I think are actually kind of interesting. So I can kind of lay those out really quick. One, I want uh, Amazing Grace on the bagpipes played at my funeral. It's my favorite song. It just makes me so happy. I would love to have that playing as a as I die. I have no preference for if they want to burn me or just throw me in the ground. When I'm dead, I'm dead. Don't sweat it. You know, whatever, whatever cuts a few dollars. Go out to Subway. Like I don't. Whatever saved ten dollars you get to a Subway. Go to Subway. Um, and then I would love for all of my friends and family. You can do a wake and a funeral if my family wants it. That's fine. But mind you, I'm dead. Um, so go down to Arrowhead where we have day camp. And I would like everyone to have a little cookout and just hang out, be with each other, and then like for three minutes, like someone just kind of like be like, hey, this is all he ever wanted was to be surrounded by his friends and family. He's gone. He had a good run. Awkward. And just leave it there. Like, if you guys can get together every, like, five years and just kind of, like, have a couple hot dogs and hang out, that's a very positive life for me. So, that's all I really want. Is to be my friends and family to get together every so often and just shoot the breeze. Man, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you, we can definitely, people can definitely make that happen. Appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I, I told Connor that like three years ago. He's like, is everything okay? Like, are you going to die? And I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I just wanted someone else to die. And he was like, all right, should I be worried? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. Trust me. I'm <laughs> just give me off chance that I die. <laughs> yeah, things got serious real quick. I have a hard time addressing it with myself. You know, one thing that I kind of used to think about that I was 
was like safe. This isn't right now, theoretically. But you saw on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, and on Easter every year for three times. And today, their projection was that they were going to live to 95, which is generous. Then you can literally count down how many times you're going to see them before they pass away. So if I knew that I had 15 interactions back with my grandparent, how would I afford them? What would I do? And matter of fact, if I knew that it was final at that, let's say it was 15 or five years, I would try to move around my schedule so that I could see them more often. I could make that 15, 70 times. Because once I hit that, once that, once they pass, I'm always good to them. And I think that, that was something that, hey, is my behavior indicative of the things that I really want to do? Am I saying yes to every single thing in my life because people ask me or because I really want to do it? Hmm. Well, does that make sense? Was, or does that, did that kind of miss the mark? No, it makes sense. I, mean, I, I think the point of how often you see them a year is very deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's one of the things I've noticed now, like being in quarantine, is like I've reached out to, like, my, my Nana has been in Natick forever, you know, she was my number one fan growing up. But it's harder for my Mimi to, like, get out of her house and, you know, to interact outside of holidays. And, and I've realized recently that I have not called her enough as I, I, that I should have, you know? Like, I, I haven't communicated enough, and you can hear it now, like, as they are getting older, it's like, they're lonely, and they're sad. And it's the idea that, like, you have the power to make that different, but you still don't, is heavy, right? Like, that's looking at yourself is like, well, why aren't you? What is it that's holding you back? That is the question. Yeah. Wow, well, I'll just say, like, I did not expect this episode to get, like, as heavy and in-depth as it has, and that's fine. You know, I think that that's good. You know, gives people a look about who we are. Um, I think just talking about mortality, it's definitely something that we will tackle in a later episode because I think, you know, as Andrew said, it's definitely a concept that, especially in the in, in the West, as he said, is very much like a taboo topic and people don't like to talk about it. And, you know, obviously confronting your own mortality is, is, is not easy, but I think it's coming to that realization that, yes, okay, I'm going to die, but... What, what is it that I can do in the time that I have to you know, have an effect on people? Um, and I think that's definitely something that, that keeps me going as well, that it's like, okay, I'm here. How can I make an effect on people? And, you know, whether, and whether I do that subconsciously or not, I think is um, definitely something that, you know, I get up every morning or, you know, I have moments where I just feel positive and just are like, you know, damn, like, I just want to have an effect on people. And that's kind of something that I've always, I've always thought about. So that being said, I'm going to really go out of the box here. Um, one of my things that I've uh, wanted to do and want to do for a long time is host a dinner party. I just like, for some reason, just like, I am so fascinated by that. 
you know, hosting, you know, getting the, having that ambiance, you know, right, writing, you know, jokes for the evening, you know, and just, uh, you know, really coordinating the whole thing. What are we having? Where are we eating? Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's just something that uh, I've always been fascinated. I know that's super weird, but like hey you know that would be something that i would definitely be down for i mean definitely i have a decent amount of friends that would definitely get behind that as well you know you guys included absolutely um but yeah just something that it's like just yeah there's something about a dinner party just you know it's fascinating you know if there's drama within the group you know i feel like someone should document it like, come on I don't. I don't even know. I don't. I actually have not even thought that far. Um, certainly not black tie. I'm not a person to dress up. I mean, you guys know that. Um, but just you know, in an evening to enjoy with friends and just kind of hanging out, I guess. Uh, but also, you know, just getting get getting weird and strange with it, and just see 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 where the dinner takes us. Yes. Like the minute you said dinner party, I the other day was like scrolling through the TV and the guide and dinner for schmucks was on. And the minute you said that, I was like, oh my god, it's like dinner. I can just picture it. Like the setup, like perky were obviously not the main part of it, but like the actual dinner party with like, oh, it just flew into my brain. <laughs> just like the whole thing, you know, planning out what it, what you know, I want to have for dinner, you know, what the guest list is going to look like putting together like the most wild and interesting groups of people is something I'm so fascinated with, you know, cause I, you know, am friends with so many different people that just like, and I'll be honest, I fantasize about like, okay, if I could get these people together, you know, what would they talk about? It's something that I've, I'm always, I've always been interested in. Yeah, oh yeah. Nothing is off limits. And I feel like at a dinner party, like you would be so good at just like the art of the conversation, how it would like ebb and flow and Garrett's just there just moderate just on the punching bag, keeping it going. I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Awesome. That. Awesome. Alright, good to know. Good to know. You guys have any quick hits ones? I'm pretty much like all bucketed out. You guys have any quick hits? I don't know. I think my only other one is to have a family. Mm. Like that really mm. like to to get married, the dream wedding I've had planned since I was eleven, which is crazy. Like the you know, like the person that I love. Um, I wanna have a baby, but I wanna adopt. Like those are, you know, like mm. just check child into this world and i want to raise children in this world who other people stupidly passed over that's so great i love it that is that is really interesting I'm I'm embarrassed because I have like a list. I have a decent list of some things, so I'll just go rapid fire. All right. Um, 
I want to go to the Football Hall of Fame. I've been to... Uh, what other? Okay. So I've been to the Hockey Hall of Fame, been to baseball, been to uh, basketball. Football, I'd love to go to. Um, it just is, you know, a game that I've been drawn towards. You know, I've been drawn to sports ever since I was, you know, little six, seven years old. Um, just going to the Hall of Fame and just kind of being in that, in the presence of, you know, so many spectacular athletes and... Um, just kind of what they meant to the game of football. And, you know, it's even just a big, a, a sports thing about just kind of appreciating the history of all the games. And that's, you know, something that drew me to sports as well, that, you know, there's so much history with it and so much, you know, it's like you're not even scratching the surface with some stuff. And it's like, there's so much more to, to kind of, to, to the story of, you know, all these sports. And so I think, going to football hall of fame would definitely be on that list of things to do all right what else we got uh this is another crazy one uh i want to go on a road trip to vegas i just want to check it out i want to check vegas out before i die just see what all the see what all the fuss is about There's not there's not really much to much else to say other than that just would be sick. Dude, just saying that I mean this is this is ambitious, but it's kinda not. If you're driving all the way to Vegas, you could probably hit a few historical landmarks on the way. Right, and that's kind of was my thinking as well. And depending on if you went north if you went north there and south back, you could hit double the parks. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I could uh, do that National Park one. Yeah. Get a two-in-one. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to get into, um, like, like having having sit-down conversations with some people. Now, brace yourselves. This is about to get really wild. Um, I want to have a chat with Gordon Ramsay. Um, always been fascinated by cooking and I've been just fascinated about his ability and just how like he makes stuff look so easy and he just seems like a really cool guy like I know that everyone knows about him because you know oh you know there are compilations of him swearing and yelling at people you know that that's the guy that he is but it's like I've also seen on like you know other shows whether it's Kitchen Nightmares or you know MasterChef that he like really is a cool guy and like really wants people to, to, to do, to do their best. Um, and so I don't know, he's just kind of a, a person that I've always thought about like, Oh, this would be so cool to, you know, have a sit down chat, you know, whether it's an interview or not, but like, and I definitely fan out and ask him like a million questions about hell's kitchen. <laughs> that was a, I was big into that back in the day. Oh man, come on! Just I can't out. believe I thought of that. Oh man, first question. Oh, I'd really dive in. I really want to find out the truth behind that uh, contestant from season six of Hell's Kitchen, who literally challenged him to a fight on live TV, and like they had to get security involved and they kicked him off the show. I just I want to know the context behind that. 
And if and if you haven't seen it, anyone who's listening or you guys like absolutely could find it on YouTube. Like this guy full on challenges him to a fight in the parking lot. It's the craziest thing ever. I yeah, I want to find out about that. That that would be the first thing that I would ask him. Okay. I feel really bad that I'm the only one with a crazy list. Okay. Um, another, okay, wait, we're still on the chatting with people. Uh, have a chat with uh, Christopher Nolan, who is the uh, director of Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. Three of my favorite movies. Um, for some reason, I've always been fascinated by Batman and the history behind him and the you know graphic novels and comics and just the whole thing i don't know really where where that came from but just always been fascinated by batman and batman stories and so him being the director of these three movies which i believe are the best interpretation of you know batman because it's the most realistic is to just talk to him about those three movies and you know get his his brain about you know how they were able to put these movies together from, you know, storylines and all that. I think it's the storyline and, you know, writing a story that, you know, is really what interests me because, you know, I think as a, as a writer, I'm always fascinated by other people, you know, in that field, you know, whether they write movies or, you know, are sports reporters or, you know, write for newspapers or whatever, any type of writing, you know, is always something that's interested me. Um, and storytelling is also something that's interested me as well. Um, I think that me as a storyteller, maybe of like a, you know, like a sports storyteller, you know, I feel like I kind of need to improve in that area. So I think having a conversation with someone would be really cool. And also just those movies are, are awesome. And I feel like I would just geek out. Okay. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I don't know if I have, a, like, a specific thought beyond just that I, I I like Marvel more than I like DC, and I know I've talked about that before, but that's my mm-hmm. only comment. <laughs> but I do think that those are the best movies. But that also reminds me of, like, something that I, I think I mentioned before, but I, I wish that I had said was from my bucket list, was that I still want to do stand-up. Oh, yes. And that... Like, that storytelling, that reminds me and makes me think, like, that's also something that I need to work on. So it's like, it's, I like that you said that because it reminded me that that's, I mean, that is something very important to me and I do want to do it. So I'll, I'll sneak that in there, slide it in. Very sneak. Hmm. Sneak of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have, like, two more that I really wanted to talk about, or do I have two? Two or three. Um, yeah, okay, so two. So um, another one, you know, kind of a sports theme. Um, I would love to attend March Madness. And this is just me as a fan, you know, not a reporter. I just would love to go and attend a a game or games or like any game of that would be just wild to go to and experience. Um, just as something that, you know, has always been interesting to me that, you know, and I think just college sports in general. And, you know, I know that people probably talk about this all the time, but just the idea that a lot of these guys that play in these, you know, major events and games, that's the, you know, the pinnacle of their, you know, athletic 
career that a lot of them don't go to the NBA. A lot of them don't go to, you know, go to the pros and just something that, you know, is really the culmination of a lot of hard work for a lot, a lot of these kids. And, you know, something that's always been interesting to me just to go there and experience it and kind of share that experience with, you know, people that are, you know, really giving it their all. So I think that would be interesting. All right. And then my last one that I wanted to talk about, um, this goes off the uh, kind of celebrity, you know, chatting or whatever, um, is to sit down and have a conversation with Kendrick Lamar. Um, He's one of my, one of my favorite rappers and just the way that he is able to kind of tell stories in his songs is something that's always been fascinating to me. And, you know, there are a lot of songs of his that really kind of resonate with me in, you know, a personal way that they really hit me, you know, whether it's about life or whatever it is. Um, and so I think getting to talk to him and see, you know, where his headspace is at writing certain songs and kind of the things that he was thinking about while writing them is just something that I've always been fascinated by. I mean, I feel like he's one of the only people that I listen to that, I will hear a lyric or a bar or whatever, and I want to go back and research, you know, what it is it means or what it is he's he's saying in these bars. And it's like, I don't know. It's something that I've always been interested in, you know, just the way that he, you know, pr- presents himself and presents his music. Is he, when he like, in his songs, are they very, like, story? I don't listen to him at all. Are they, like, only if I would say I would say select select ones. Um, Some of them are so in deep into like his vantage point in the world that you are engulfed. You feel like you are sitting in the car in the back of his car driving through Compton in his situation. I mean, it's it's masterful how he builds the story. It's it's remarkable. And there are a lot of times where I have to like go back and re-listen to songs, you know, because, oh, you know, I found this out or I, you know, looked up a part of this, you know, what does he mean by that? Or, you know, are there experiences that he went through? Just something that's always been interesting to me. Um, okay, I realize I actually have one more kind of funny one. Um, th- yeah, this is this is really stupid, but something that I always want to do. 
um, is to go and experience a drive-in movie. You've never? I never have, no. You can handle that almost. Yeah, I know. That's definitely the easiest thing. <laughs> but yeah, it's something that I've always... Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah, drivers are probably pumped right now. Oh man. Yeah, I've always wanted to see a drive-in movie. Just want, always want to experience that. Maybe that Staten Island movie with Pete Davidson would be in there. I could definitely hit that with you guys. Oh, for sure. I'd be very yeah. I really want to see that. It looks really good. Yes. Yeah. I watched um. There was um, there was another like Hulu movie that he made uh, a few weeks, uh, a few months ago. I think it was called Big Time Adolescent, and I watched it, and it was it was pretty funny. Yeah. It's on my list. I got. I haven't invested time in it, but I, I have to. So, do you guys have any questions for for each other at all? Is in like what I least like to go to. No, like last is in like you're about to go. You're at the end of your line. You're about to kick the bucket. What's the show you go to? Dang. I know it's broad too, which is why it's kind of hard. But I would love to know. Okay, I'm gonna ask a clarifying question. Can it can it be a TV show or is it something that you have to physically go? Like a movie or like a stand-up, like 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 a performance. Yeah, you can go to a performance. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I think I've probably narrowed mine to a stand-up comedian because I I want to laugh. Um, man, I pro I probably say Dave Chappelle. A stand-up stand-up with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. He's you know funny. But serious, but like, you know, above all, he's he's funny, and I just really appreciate him as a human being. And you know, watching a lot of his specials, and there was a a Netflix piece about the some award that he got maybe a year or two ago. I forget of the name what the name of it was, but it was really cool to see that and see all the people that he's affected um, in in the world of comedy. So I think definitely stand up. Comedy stand-up comedy show by uh, Dave Chappelle would be the last thing that I would want to see. That's pretty dope. I think if I was about to just absolutely yak after this thing, like I'm a hundred percent dead so after it. Um, I would honestly like today. I've been having a good day. I'm gonna go kayak and go Daisy. Probably gonna have a nice like. Probably a little bit of steaks and vegetables on the grill, maybe some potatoes. Have a nice dinner. Some, some. Jo- I love Josh's wine. Josh's red. Me too. Yeah. I'll get, well, next time we're together, we'll get a bottle. Yes. Uh, we'll do it proper. We'll do it proper. Um, we'll do it for the drive-in. Perfect. 
<laughs> Perfect. And I'd probably sit like on my back porch and have um, that supper. And then go. go so play. no show, like no big performance or anything. It would just be. Yeah, I think that would be right now as it stands what I would like to do moments before I die. Do what I was doing today. But like a performance, like you're going in a week. Yeah, come on, like, man. You have the time to pick. Like you gotta have something. I think Garrett. I think for me and you, we could get backstage. I mean, this is like, a, like me and you, like we don't have the means to do it, and we can't do it. But like, if me and you could just go backstage to a Drake concert, <laughs> I think that would be so unbelievably fun. Like we would wild out for a night. And then honestly, I know this is a pot free one. I'm giving like three dozen counters one. But, um, like, a nice big res, when we're up there, like, I'm so happy up there. I know that we're not, like, famous performers, but, like, we kind of loosely are some of the more important people to the campers. And just having that, like, the testimonials, like, I can't think of a place I'd rather be versus, like, some famous person that makes millions, like, just is super talented. Like, that's awesome that they're super talented, but, like, if I was about to die, like, I wouldn't care about any of those people, to be honest. Hmm. I like your added VIP, but I think you're right too that, like, res is a performance. Mm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. one week to live. Go anywhere in the world, you can see anything. What would be on the docket? I think, like, I'm. I like music, but there's no, like, band or person that I'd want to see. Like, I like comedy, but I don't have a favorite comedian. Like, when I think about performance, like, I like so many things so broadly that there's not one that I'm, like, super, super, super into. But I think I would like to see a musical. Which is, like, not what people would pick looking at me or knowing me. But... <laughs> so many shows that like I can sit through and like they just bring me absolute tears like my mom took me to rent for my birthday this year like I've seen Wicked a couple times saw Mean Girls not Mean Girls I saw um, Legally Blonde on Broadway like little things like that but I think I'd want to see Hamilton original cast I've never mm. listened to them I've never been I don't really know anything about it but everyone I've talked to about it has altering like yeah. how great it is and how it completely changes what a musical is and should be that I just feel like if I'm going to end with one that's a big one it would be that or it would be Wicked because that's just not a great musical <laughs> but, and I know it like backwards and forwards but I think that would be yeah, yeah. here you go Right. Well, yeah, I like that. Um, so I totally forgot this until last night, but um, as I said at the end of the first episode, I do want to kind of close on a positive note. Well, we've been talking about funny, positive stuff for most of the episode. Um, is for each of us to share kind of a positive 
story or a positive interaction or positive anything that we um, experienced in the last week. So um, the floor is open for either of you guys to, to share something. Or maybe, maybe I should go and you guys can, can think about it. Um, so this past week, I think it was, uh, when was it? I think, okay, it was Saturday. So Saturday I, um, had been texting back and forth with, um, my friend who's in the Marines and we've, you know, not really seen each other very much since we graduated high school. Um, but we had a really good, you know, long hour and a half conversation. Um, and it was the first time we really had a long, you know, good kind of talk that wasn't, you know, a short, you know, brief one like, you know, we had when we've seen each other the last few times, really were able to sit down and have a good conversation. It was really, really nice to have that conversation. And, you know, he's one of my closest friends. Like I've been friends with him since we were like in preschool and just kind of that, that relationship and thinking about how important it is, um, it just was really nice to have a, a, a conversation and, you know, hoping that we can be able to do that a lot more often. So uh, that was a really, really positive experience for me. No. Okay, quick story. So, <laughs> my friend Kate, listening who don't know, um, has a studio apartment, and we've been living in there for the past like three months. It's kind of like a box. It's a multi-family home, so we're right on the bottom. Um, and about a week and a half ago, I think there we saw these like little bugs, and they we didn't know what they were. Literally, I've never seen them before in my entire life. So I reached out to a couple of my friends because Syracuse, where I went to school, the school that's connected to it, like right next to it, is ESF, which stands for Environmental Science and Forestry. So I texted like three of my ESF friends who I know know bugs and stuff. And my friend is like, oh, it's this thing called an imposter ladybug. It's like a beetle. So the little things that were in Kate's apartment were the larvae. So we're like, at first, we're kind of like, okay, this is gross. We're killing them as they come. And then about, like, three days in, it was, like, a full-on infestation. Um, it was crawling up the walls and, uh, and next to the bed. It's on the kitchen counter. Like, they're everywhere. So we were, like, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, we're, I mean, we're moving in two weeks anyway. So it's, like, okay, that's fine. So we, we packed some things up. We shook everything out. No bugs. We moved a ton of stuff to my parents' house into my car where there's no bugs. Like, so we've been here for the past, like, probably four or five days um, just because the exterminator had to come and there were chemicals and all that. And I don't think I realized that being in that tiny studio box where there's, like, not a lot of light in there, we can't go outside because of the busy street, like, I didn't realize where I was at mentally. But I actually sat down and talked with Kate today, and we both kind of just looked at each other and were like, I feel so much happier than I did a week ago, and I know that it's the fact that I've been able to work outside. I've, you know, been able to spend time with humans and have our own space and have light, and, like, I think it's, it's just been something that I didn't realize I needed, but it has been so 
nice to acknowledge that, like, I feel happier today than I did a week ago, and that's, I think, especially now, it's all important, is, like, to acknowledge your happiness and celebrate it, because there are going to be hard days, and so, today was, like, a good day, where I kind of gave myself that acknowledgement, like, you're happy, (laughs) like, smile about it, you know, like, you're in a good place, everything's good, like, I don't know, it went from Well, that's great. That is great. Hmm. I would like to very much piggyback off of what you're saying. I think that, like, it sounds bad, but, like, I'm a frugal person. Like, I think just that my father was one of 14, and my mother was, like, one of eight growing up in County Mayo in Ireland on a farm. So I was raised thinking that I was, like, just had zero money to ever scrape together, and which is, like, has definitely allowed me to learn how to save my money spend any money on myself and to Brenna's point after work I've been like going outside and like meditating and actually having success with it which you guys know me I'm not a still person but being able to sit still has been like such a huge perk for me to clear my mind of all the clutter that comes with every single day and so I've dropped a considerable amount of money on things that just give me peace which is like mad burns of very large Buddha bad flowers. I found rocks around my property and just stacked them up. And uh, you guys can't see it, but like uh, I bought this little tree. Um, I know this is like terrible podcasting, but like this little tree is like the tree of life and it has so much joy in it. And I look at it and I look at like the roots of it and it just makes me so happy. And um, I'm happy that I invested in something that will give me stillness and that will give me peace. So I'm looking forward for the Buddha to come in um, and I look forward to that. And this is a very corny one. I know it doesn't sound, it sounds like kind of dumb, but like, I really want to say this. Like, I really mean this, but like this conversation with the three of you guys, I've deeply enjoyed. And just being able to know that I get to, when I speak to you guys, I get to go home in a sense. I get to go home with you guys and how I, I trust you guys fully. I trust you guys completely. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a small miracle that I have two people in my world that kind of, I can trust like this. So I'm very grateful for this. I'm very happy for this podcast. Good, good. I'm glad you said that. That's means a lot. And that's, you know, one of the, one of the reasons why, you know, I really wanted to, to, to come forward with this project because I think that the three of us have, you know, really unique, unique bond. We really, you know, understand each other really well. And I think it's just something that I think I've, I've always wanted to, wanted to share with people. And this is, this is the way to do that. So, um, yeah, thank you to both of you guys for being so, you know, receptive for this idea. So as, as we were sharing, I actually thought of one other thing that I felt, you know, really good about this week. So, um, it's been a really, really tough last few months for, uh, people in the sports media field, because a lot of people, you know, now without sports going on have, you know, lost their jobs and are really kind of scraping by and trying to do whatever they can 
um, to, you know, get themselves back in a good spot. So um, what I did the other day is I bought a subscription to The Athletic, which is a subscription-based kind of sports newspaper where you can read articles from, you know, people in, you know, writing in any sport in any city. Um, and, you know, the way that the, most of the way that these writers, you know, get paid is by subscriptions. And so I felt like, hey, this is my way to, to help people and my way to kind of help people in the field. And, you know, unfortunately, there were a 45 or so people that from the athletics specifically um, that lost their jobs last week. And I just felt like, a lot of times I put this aside to be like, I don't want to pay money to, you know, read these articles, but I decided that, hey, this is important. This is, you know, what it is that, that you want to do with your life. And, you know, the best way that you, the, what you can do now is you can support people. And even if it's not a lot, it still can be a gesture where it's like, hey, I understand where you guys are coming from. Because me, myself, I've kind of been stuck in third gear for the last few years trying to, you know, find a job and trying to find, you know, uh, something that, you know, I can really kind of get my feet in, that I can get my feet wet in. Um, and so I just felt, you know, this is the best thing that I can do to, you know, support. Um, and I'll just be honest, the last few days I have read more than I ever have in the last few months. I have read four, five, six articles and it's like, I'm almost re feel like I'm rediscovering my love for sports and sports writing. And it's just, it, it's just really something that makes, that's made me feel happy in the last few days that I can, you know, support people that are in, in my, my field. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless you guys have any other things to say, uh, Probably will wrap us up for episode two. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah. As always, uh, those of you listening, you can follow us on Twitter at Breath Podcast. You can follow three of us on Twitter. Um, you can friend us on Facebook or you know whatever. Friend us on Instagram or whatever. Um, yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed listening, and this has been episode two of a Breath of Fresh Life podcast. We'll be back with you guys soon. Have a good one.